on this lovely Tuesday night to Union Hall. This is The Scientists. I am Madeline Freed. I'm Blythe Robertson. And And we are going to uh, bring you through a wild, wacky adventure on our topic of the evening, which is cancer. Cancer. (laughs) (laughs) And this show will be funny. We promise. I don't promise. Blythe promises. We've got comedians for you, so even if we're not funny, they will be very funny. So... You want to just explain for just for a second what this show is? We're going every month, uh, first Tuesdays here at Union Hall. uh, We, the scientists, explain to you one single science topic. uh, And Blythe, how are you qualified? I am not qualified. I studied English at school. (laughs) Okay, great. Um, I studied um, anthropology at school, (laughs) uh, and I. I know how to com- how a computer works. Yeah, but we both know how to read articles. Oh, we're so good at homework. Okay. <laughs> so, um, on that theme, we wanted to tell you up front what our what we read to prepare for the show because we don't necessarily like quote every single one in a footnote. We read *The Emperor of All Maladies*, a great book. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend. Um, Siddhartha Mukherjee. It's yeah. uh, it's killer. We have a very raggeared copy in the back. If anyone wants to borrow. Yeah. Uh, we also read some stuff on the New Yorker, Harvard Business Review, other articles. I have seen The Fault in Our Stars three <laughs> times. And I read the book once. I would have read it again, but I gave it to my friend Yolanda, and she did not give it back. So, oh, also, this is the other part of our bibliography, is Dr. Russell Leo Robertson. He is my dad. <laughs> um, he is not yes. a medical doctor, though. He would love to trick you into thinking he is. Uh, and he does work in medical technology in a way I could not possibly begin to describe. I have no idea. <laughs> um, so my dad has had cancer twice. Um, he talks about it all the time. That's why he's in the bibliography. His like He only talks about three things, and it's Auburn University, uh, the two-player strategy game Stratego, which he's supposedly good at, <laughs> and cancer. Um, so I, I grew up hearing a lot about cancer, uh, although... So he, I always thought he was diagnosed with cancer like two months after I was born. Uh, but we went to Disney World in July, two adults alone going to Disney World. And <laughs> after like 11 hours, he ran out of like his old stories to tell me. So he told me a new story that he was actually diagnosed two months before I was born. He was like being interviewed on the radio because he was running for like city council. And he was just absentmindedly touching his neck and he felt a tumor. And he... Uh, so he went into the doctor, was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he apparently told his doctor, I'm two months away from being born. He was like, I need to live long enough to walk my daughter down the aisle. And I heard that, and I was like, he really did not look out with the right doctor, or with the right daughter, because I am never getting married. <laughs> he either has to live forever, or I've ruined everything. Um, yeah, but, <laughs> so we'll see how that works out. Um, yeah, so he just, ta- he, like, goes around the house being, like, uh, he's, li- okay, so let me back up. He had chemo and radiation, and he was cured, and then, like, every year when I was growing up, he would go in and get a cancer test, uh, and we would celebrate that in, like, August, and then my sophomore year of high school in September, a week, or a month after his cancer test, he had cancer again, and he could feel it, so it was, like, in a month. It had get gotten big enough from nothing to he could feel it. 
So he was cured again, um, but he's pretty sure it's going to come back and that he's going to die of cancer one day. But he's, like, very chill about it. He's always like, mm, it's like I've always said, I'm going to die of choking because, like, he can't swallow now because of, like, chemo. Anyways, this was supposed <laughs> to be funny. <laughs> yeah, I can't promise yeah. that I think it's going to be Anyways, rough. So he talks about it all the time. And um, just, it, like, an overall theme of the show is that he, that I'm 26 and my dad has had cancer twice and he's still alive is a miracle. Like, I could have grown up without a dad if it was even, like, 40 years ago, and I would have never known how to do taxes. <laughs> so, anyways, my dad had cancer. That's that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we just want to, you know, we know so many people are affected. We don't want anybody to feel aggrieved after. But, um, yeah, so we read a lot about the history of cancer. Um, and it's a uh, it's a history of fits and starts. So we're not going to tell like a very direct, you know, step by step history. It's too complicated, um, and especially in the last two centuries, it's been like totally crazy. Uh, so we're going to tell you a couple different distinct stories. Um, and also, more accurately than this, it's it's sort of like one long period of absolutely zero, and then like a total maniacal like discovery phase in the last hundred fifty years. So it's super exciting. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, yeah, so basically, like, the fact that we even know about cancer is because we, like, cured smallpox and invented washing our hands and <laughs> started living long enough to get cancer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as soon as we could survive childbirth and, you know, paper cuts, then, like, <laughs> lucky us, now there's cancer um, <laughs> at the end of that. So um, everything gets better all the time. Um, yeah, so it's existed on record since uh, for 4,000 years, so we've, like, always have it. We've always had it. Um, there are records of, like, breast cancer, um, Imhotep, my favorite uh, Egyptian medical researcher, <laughs> um, <laughs> renaissance man of Middle Egypt, um, uh, described one very distinctly. Uh, and also, um, it was named cancer by Hippocrates, uh, who thought it looked like a crab. Yeah, you look like a crab one time, and then you're, like, cancer for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so it only, it really only started becoming a big problem once we started living long enough. Like, Madeline would have died. How would you have died in the olden days? Oh, um, well, I'm nearsighted, so falling. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I was, like, breech, baby, so, yeah, yeah. C-section. I would have gotten married at age 14 to, like, a 38-year-old, and he would have murdered me for being too annoying. <laughs> so, okay, so it's it's such a thing of, like, age. It's, like, almost exponential how much more likely you are to get cancer if you're older. So if you're a 30-year-old woman, your risk of breast cancer is 1 in 400. If you're a 70-year-old woman, it's 1 in 9. So it's, it's really, 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 like, y if you get old, you might get cancer. And this is, <laughs> this is taken from uh, The Emperor of All Maladies, which is, like, an older book from, like, eight years ago. But uh, in 2010, he wrote, 600,000 Americans and more than 7 million people worldwide will die of cancer. And if you're in the United States, one in three women will get cancer in their life and one in two men. Get ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Ew>. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> This I put on because whenever people start talking about breast cancer, I just start subconsciously, like, touching my boobs. <laughs> All right. So what is cancer? <laughs> just a quiet, <laughs> yeah. a quiet check on the stage. <laughs> yeah, okay, so it's not one disease. It's many diseases. The cure for cancer is a myth. It's everything. It's, like all sorts of causes, but essentially um, it's abnormal cell growth. And so the one thing that like 
makes us live, the thing that propagates us, the thing that we are evolved to do perfectly, um, which is have ourselves divide and propagate themselves. Something goes wrong, it that growth becomes um, warped and insane and spooky and terrible. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's you, you but, but like worse. a bad version of you. Yeah. Um, so just to like quote Hazel Grace Lancaster, the mm, yeah. cancer primary <laughs> source, if you remember from our <laughs> bibliography page. <laughs> When, I mean, okay, spoiler alert, this movie's a little bit old, but her boyfriend dies, and she describes it as, uh, he died when the cancer which was made of him finally stopped his heart, which was also made of him. And I cried for half an hour <laughs> after the movie ended, after she said that. Um, yeah, so it's, cancer is an unchecked growth, and a lot of people are like, oh, it's a metaphor for our times. Well, Siddhartha Mukherjee was like said that, and we believed him. Yeah. Um, like every age has their own, you know, classic disease that is a metaphor of their time. You know, consumption, eighteen hundreds, yeah. whatever. But yeah, unchecked growth is ours. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we live in a capitalism <laughs> or a capitalist society, so it's just like, I feel like if Bernie was president, cancer would be solved. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, that's triggering for me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's our first story, is how we started to discover cancer in the past 150 years. So now we have a comedian who has actual jokes that aren't about how my dad is going to die of cancer. So you have seen him on Search Party and in Stranger Things, which is apparently back and very good. Very good. Um, give it up for a sketch by John, John Reynolds! Gentlemen, hello. Welcome to the house on top of Strawberry Hill. Did you have trouble parking? Yes. Yeah, trouble parking. I, I did, and um, do, you, do you validate No, I don't validate. Sorry about that. You, yeah, you had trouble parking. I had an all right time. I took a lift. Yes, took a lift. Yes. You're probably asking yourselves, what am I doing here? I know you don't know me. But I know right. you. I don't know anybody. You don't know anybody. anybody. Yes. I haven't met. You I haven't met. No familiar faces. Right. Yeah. But I you know. Right. But I know you. Okay. Yes. Okay. I know you. Yes. You read and my book. And I know you. Have we met before? No. We no. You read my book. Yes. And I know you. First of all, let me address the elephant in the room. The dry cleaner did get my apron confused with my lab coat. They're both yours? They're both mine, yes. This is my weekend garb. I thought you had a shift starting at nine. I know I'm very successful. I don't need to go to a shift. <laughs> Jesus. Now let's start with some introductions. Please introduce yourself. I'm Dr. Bart, and uh, I'm a lead uh, research expert in uh, the field of uh, general cancer. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you must really hate cancer. I really don't like it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I raised, I mean, if you read my book, you would know that. Yeah, totally. You would know yeah, that I really, don't, awesome. I really don't like it. Yeah. And I'm Dr. Reggie. I'm a pediatric uh, optometrist, but I do hate cancer. Of course. I hate this stuff. Well, I hate cancer as well. Mm -hmm. well of course, of let me introduce myself. My name is Barth Table. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm a scientist in town. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you may know me, I've cured a lot of diseases in my time. Gout, like. smallpox, chickenpox, smallpox. cavities, Chicken. I cured them all. Cavities? Cav yes, I cured cavities uh, cavity a couple months ago. When? A couple months ago, cured cavities, gone. You cured so, your own cavities? No, I cured cavities in general are gone. Mm -hmm. A couple months ago, I did that. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now, fellas, I've brought you here today to bring up something very special. Okay. okay. How much would you pay me if I had a way to cure cancer? To cure cancer? To cure cancer. It's a plight. Uh, I would say that would be invaluable. Um, but please put a number on it. Okay, I'd say, uh, I'd say a million trillion. To what? Yeah. I'd I say a million to trillion. To what the I fuck? Would, I would say one million trillion. To Okay, yeah, uh -huh. right yeah, on, that's guy. What I, that's I would what I do, think. I would also go a million trillion. To what the hell? Of course you'd have to spread it over a couple credit cards. Oh, yeah, to, I thought you guys were going to go around a hundred bucks or something. Uh-huh. Oh, no. No, that's not, no. Who? Chiman Square, all right. Well, then you're going to like what I have here today. All right. Fellas, I have a way to cure cancer. Okay. Okay. Feast your eyes on my latest invention. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Hydrocop! Fascinating. Yes, okay. I got to say, um, every sign. Behold the Hydrocop. Yeah. Um, me being a scientific man, I have to ask, uh, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Can't you tell I've created this robot here? He runs entirely on water, and he's going to defeat cancer. We'll do away with all that mumbo-jumbo and all the excess dough it takes with all the medicines and whatnot. Entirely on water, this robot will beat the shit out of you, and the cancer gonna fall out. <laughs> this is a robot? Yes, yeah, a robot. And the cancer go fall out. <laughs> Gonna fall out. The cancer go fall out. You, this robot, be, let me demonstrate. Okay. Okay, great. Hydrocop. Okay. Complete silence. Nope. Chip, chill, chill out. Todd, chill out. The Hydrocop. Todd, Todd, chill out. Quick. The can Nope. Quick. The cancer is spreading to the toes. Hy okay. Hydrocop, engage. Wow. Okay. Word. Okay. I have, Word. I have a question. What do you think? Uh -huh. Well, I I don't see how he's demonstrated his effectiveness. I just what you he? didn't see this. And they said, "What time to water up?" You didn't see that part. Yeah, I saw that. And you think cancer ain't gonna fall out? <laughs> I guess I would like to see it demonstrated on someone or something with cancer? And uh, well, this man. Quick, Hydrocop! The cancer is spreading to the knees! Cut it out, knees! It's time to get fucked up! Okay, Todd, Todd, chill out, chill out, Todd, Todd, Todd. Todd, 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 chill out, chill out. I think there's something wrong with your robot. <laughs> okay, Todd just said... Let's no, 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 yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, um, I gotta also ask, yeah. is this, is this a robot, or is this somebody named Todd. This, nope. Okay. Uh, um, it's, he's a robot made entirely of my nephew Todd. <laughs> okay. Uh -huh. 
Word. But I can assure you, is a robot made entirely of my nephew Todd. <sighs> okay. Um. All right. Well, I mean, pretty impressive looking kid, huh? Robot. Um, well, how well how old is this kid? We're not sure, but anywhere from sixth grade to thirty-three. Shouldn't he be in school or something? This feels like a that ain't gonna job. happen. We try. We can't. Look at this thing. I can't bring this in class. Well, you gotta put a shirt on him. Yeah, cause he's got these. Uh, it looks like he drew his abs on, but he <laughs> didn't even give himself a six pack. <laughs> he's got four. He's got just four abs. Yeah, there we go. I, yeah, Don't I forget about, about one, two. I forgot about one, two. Hydrocop, yeah. the cancer spreading to the hair. Oh, cut it out, cancer. Not today. Today's my day. And <laughs> cancer sucks ass, I promise. Rock and roll rules. Wait, also, can, can cancer spread to the hair? Yes, yeah, I think we all know cancer can pretty much spread anywhere. Oh, gotcha, yeah. Okay, and and yeah. from what he did, cancer gon' gon' fall out. It gon' fall out. Okay. We, we went to a rock and roll McDonald's earlier. He cured, out, he cured it at all. He went to the rock and roll McDonald's. I took it to the rock and roll Chicago, McDonald's. Illinois. In Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> yeah, we cured uh-huh. cancer there. And there was, there was, was there some kind of defense? A bunch. Of, it was clear a bunch of them were roaming around with it. <laughs> okay. And then Todd yeah, went to sure. town, beat it out, that fell out. Mm-hmm. What did it? Listen, fellas, let's not dilly-dally, Okay. How much? How much for Todd? We sent him to the pharmaceutical company. He starts whomping ass. How much for Todd? Yeah, that's gonna be a no from me, dog. Yeah. Are you kidding that's me? Be a no You're kidding me, me Todd. Yeah, yeah. And for that reason, yeah. uh, whoa, Todd. 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 Todd, Todd, Todd. Todd didn't even hit me that hard. <laughs> and he gonna not gonna gonna get some cancer to fall out if he ain't even hit me that hard. How much? I haven't said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's see that's problematic yeah. for me. I don't want to invest in somebody's uh, uh, ro- it's a robot's drug habit. It's not even. Let's stop calling Todd a okay, robot. Guys. Todd's, a, Todd's a robot. Look, I'm gonna level with you fellas. Just give us anything. Maybe the hundred bucks will do. Okay. We're on a two month bender here. We need some cash. I can't invest in anything unless I see him uh, hit something and then the cancer go go fall out. <laughs> stop that, Todd. Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Fellas, please. It's time to get fucked up. It's time to get fucked up. Fellas, please. Anything. Just lay down a number. I had to park I'll accept. 10 no. blocks. Any number, I'll accept. Please. Todd and I went down to Vegas last week and blew all the dough. You. I had a grant to cure cancer. Todd and I got fucked up. We're on a two-month <laughs> bender and we went down to Vegas and blew all the dough at the Bellagio. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Ooh, Hell ooh, no. Ooh. I want no part of that. Dr. Table, was it? Dr. Table. Dr. Table. Dr. Dr. Barth Table. Bar are table. you even a real doctor? No. Or are you a short order cook? I am a short order cook, yes, but please. Uh-huh. Any number will do. How about this? We're, we're digging a pool in the backyard. We found the talisman of Amon Ra. How about that? What do you want about that? that what, the talisman of Amon Ra, 100 bucks, 105 five bucks. The talisman of Amon Ra, what does that do? Oh, we're not sure, but a name like that's got to be pretty fucked up. It's <laughs> pretty fucked up. But any number, five, 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 five bucks would do. Why? What's up with these gloves, dog? He's a rope. If he's a robot, why does he need all Guys, these please, anything. We're trying to get fucked up here. What? Uh, what? What kind of drugs are you guys into? Everything. VH1 sucks. MTV rules. Circus Whoa. rules. 
final offer, guys. Anything to help out? What a is this robot on right now? We're not sure. We just been kind of mixing what's in the <coughs> pantry. Uh oh. Send the water up. <coughs> guys, anything? Anything will do. Yeah, dog. No. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, put you're money not going into nothing, talk. Huh? Nothing. I, I really can't. Okay. Talisman of ramen ra. Amen ra. Amen ra. ra. Amen ra. All right. Well, sounds interesting, but guess inventing's over for me, and uh, probably have to go get a real job down in an office. Happy Halloween, everybody! about that one for a while and and you've noticed uh, in a starring role gary richardson who has been on this show before a little woo for him woo. he's good okay our next story about cancer is madeline do you want to leave this one oh off? yeah i'll lead this one off okay so here let's let's dive straight into like one of the first breakthroughs like so we've gone from you know four thousand years ago cancer looks like a crab essentially <laughs> the only thing you could do was just just carve out shit from people. You know, if you saw a mass, you tried to get it out of a person. But there is so much danger when it comes to that. And it really took um, entering the modern age and solving really fundamental problems before we could make any breakthroughs at all, which was you had to be able to survive surgery. Um, because if you can't survive surgery, then you're fucked from the start. Yeah. Um, so uh, you got um, this really co this confluence of a couple different things that happened in the 18 uh, the 19th century, um, where they figured out uh, how to disinfect things and how to uh, like be able to cut into somebody and have them survive more than you know half the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's so we've got this guy William Halstead, who, as you might be able to tell from his appearance, was a total cokehead. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> huge, huge. And when he wasn't addicted to cocaine, he was trying to get off of it um, with morphine. Uh, um, but that didn't stop him from being one of the most uh, renowned surgeons of all time. Uh, he was he, he was on this cusp of like, you know, had been in hospitals where they were carrying around buckets of pus uh, to like really making strides on cancer. So he invented this method that is still still carries his name called a radical mastectomy. Um, radical in this case means um, root rather than like righteous <laughs> or extreme. So um, although, you know, it also is extremely uh, righteous and extreme. So uh, he was the first person to kind of push um, uh, breast cancer, like taking out a tumor and actually having it solve and, and have you um, be able to survive a little bit longer. Uh, most people were just removing... Um, uh, tumors and it would just come right back. Uh, and so he became so intensely like focused on ridding everybody of cancer. Like it wasn't really the patient that he was curing. He was just trying to like kill cancer at its root at any cost. And um, there's like a lot of scientists like this in the history of cancer. People who become so insanely focused on uh, ridding this like terrifying thing out. And he was one of them. So yeah. 
A rad- that's why every show on TV is about doctors. That's right. <laughs> they're crazy. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> he was um, he was initially successful, and he became like this preeminent doctor. Everybody believed him. Like there was an entire like his brain. He was an incredible genius. His his model of how cancer worked infected the entire the of the medical sciences in the time that he lived. Um, Radical mastectomy means, means like carving out absolutely everything that you possibly can. Yes. It's a little grim. It's like you not only take off the breast, but you like go up into the neck and you take out the ribs and it, it's horrible and it leaves you disfigured and people were like happy and willing to do this because they were just like, get it out of me. Yeah. But, um, but it, it was, was rough. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so there was evidence within his lifetime that like it wasn't necessarily reducing by that much the rate of recurrence of the cancer. Yeah, it worked for a while. I'm not exactly sure how this works, but it wasn't, like, they could not prove that it it reduced actually how much you were um, going to survive, and it was very much staring him in the face, and it was staring everybody in the face, and they wouldn't admit it. And this is one of those cases where, like, human beings get in their own way when it comes to science. Like, this guy had everything riding on his preeminence as a surgeon. If this didn't work, yeah. he was nobody. And it had been the thing that was so successful, so it's hard to be like, well, but really, is it that successful? And it took, like, a new wave of doctors coming in with, like, better ideas, and also, like, patients who started to advocate for themselves to make it stop. Yeah. Um, you can't really have some of those ideas die out. You can't really get past the, like, one genius guy who took over the, like, entire um, uh, world with his ideas until those people die out. Like, you need this new blood who are not as emotionally attached, and that's the only way that this progressed. Like, for, you know, 50 years, this was the only method that you would use. Um, but thanks, feminists. Yeah. For everything. <laughs> for everything, but this was a you know there was a tide that changed where you said you could say start saying no to a doctor, you could start saying like I don't think that's the thing that it should hap- that should happen for me, um, and uh, Rachel Carson from Silent Spring was one of the first people that was like no thank you I don't want you to do that to me yeah. And it turns out that his model of understanding how cancer spreads was wrong and that the like scraping away of everything didn't even help because it doesn't spread from one source. It spreads yeah. in a different way. It like, goes into your blood and then it like, goes to sites that are more susceptible. It's not like grayscale in Game of Thrones. You can't just cut it off. <laughs> That's right. Um, you can't make me care about Game <laughs> of Thrones, Blythe. <laughs> um, but also, like, so it's like we're, we're saying, okay, this procedure was a bit much, but honestly, all cancer treatments are a bit much with, like, a few exceptions that are targeting specific things. Like, if you, like, my dad had, like, chemo and radiation, and you're attacking part of you that is made of you, right? And so one guy wrote, I think I have, like, a laser here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cancer treatment is almost but not quite as hard as, like, finding a drug that will kill your left ear and leave your right one intact. Like, my dad was always like, they basically are just trying to kill all the cancer and kill as much of you and hope that you grow back and the cancer doesn't grow back. So, like, my dad had these things, and now he, like, can't, it's hard for him to swallow. He has to get surgery to have his throat stretched. He has, like, vitiligo, which is what Michael Jackson had that made his skin splotchy. 
I, that, I might be pronouncing it wrong too. I should like learn what my dad does for a job and what his diseases are. Um, <laughs> That's where the goes, right? Yeah. yeah, he has neuropathy, which makes it feel like all his body is like asleep all the time, so it's hard for him to like walk. And he like a million, like all his teeth like fell out. It's a million things, but he's always like, well, it's that or your dad. And that's how, you know, if you have cancer, you're like, I'll do whatever to not be dead. Yeah. Oh, here's my dad on the day I was born when he was going through cancer treatments. You guys have to be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to be like, why does my dad look so weird? And then I was like, he was going through cancer treatments. It's also, horrible. the glasses are not helping. <laughs> <laughs> um, our next little story is about screening and early detection. Um, so, uh oh, more laughs. More laughs, because uh, this one, <laughs> early detection for thyroid cancer is not as beneficial as you might hope. Uh. <laughs> um, and so we're using this, but it kind of applies to like other, like breast cancer at least. Um, also, I googled thyroid, and this is how they look. This is a picture of a thyroid. Um, okay, so in the early two thousands, uh, South Korea started. This is from an article in the New Yorker that was like a month ago. It was really good. South Korea started uh, really aggressively screening people for thyroid cancer. So they, it's like this kind of machine when they would come in. And they would like, uh, if they found like a nodule, they would biopsy it. And if it came back as cancerous, they would remove the person's thyroid gland. And people just started doing this left, right, and center. Like it was extremely popular. And uh, the rate of diagnosis of thyroid cancer in South Korea like was multiplied by 15 it was like 15 times as diagnosed and it was one of the most popular or most most diagnosed cancers in south korea every fact about this is a huge drag it's a huge drag so they were removing all these people's thyroids which i imagine was not fun because it's it's an important thing do you know what a thyroid does it's something about weight i know that when you're like gain weight you're like i guess my thyroid's fucked up oh yeah <laughs> My mom had hyperthyroid after I was born, and she lost all the baby weight real fast. My mom had the opposite. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so they were they were diagnosing this cancer at a huge rate, but the rate at which people died did not change. People were still dying of thyroid cancer at like the same amount. Uh. So the problem with early detection became, or is, that not all tumors that are cancerous will eventually cause illness or eventually kill you. That's good. Which is great. Um, but not so great if you had someone take out your thyroid. And so in 1985, so 15 years before the South Korea thing even started, researchers in Finland did this thing where they would uh, have people that died of unrelated things like uh, car accidents or you know heart disease, and they checked to see if they had thyroid cancer, and one in three cadavers did. But, like, in one in three people are not dying of thyroid cancer. And a similar study was done with breast cancer. Like, a lot of people die with cancer that they didn't even know about because it wasn't causing them any real problems. This is a very good, very good news and also a huge drag. Yeah. Both. I'm realizing there are literally no jokes in this portion. None. <laughs> not a one. It's a sad thing, but it's, like, true. I mean, like, we're living in an age where we're starting to get cancer and our doctors and researchers are brilliant and people are really invested in our philanthropists are raising so much money and things are happening. We're being able to detect it, but it's not necessarily always helping. Yeah. And they found that for every one person that lived that wouldn't have a thyroid cancer, 30 to 100 people had to get their thyroid removed for no reason. Uh, <laughs> 
So, yeah, and, and this is like, God, it's just all a terrible drag because, like, it's so scary, right? Like, you get some diagnosis and you don't really understand, like, what it exactly is. And so you, like, kind of go to the most extreme thing you possibly can and it's not necessarily the right thing to do um, because it's just so scary and it, like, comes and, we like, you know, you get it. But, but like... But, yeah, doctors, <laughs> doctors are working on being able to tell, like which cancers need to be removed like it's different for every person you could have the same like they literally have done studies where they take a tumor and they put it into a bunch of different chickens that have different genes and some of the chickens get cancer and some don't and like if the chicken had just broken its wing it was more likely to get cancer anyways it's really hard we don't know yet so you should probably just get your thyroid it's all frightening and random and who knows and it's crazy it's crazy Um, yeah so um despite this terrifying descent into (laughs) the truth with no jokes uh here's the section of our talk where things start to turn around in a very um kind of psychotic way. So um, this is where uh, a couple of doctors sort of cure childhood leukemia of a certain type. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So um, we... Uh, so leukemia, literally, here, I think I have it. It means white blood. It's from, like, Greek. And you, like, have too many white blood cells. As you can see here, when you Google leukemia and this comes up, a woman who's, like, mildly upset that she has leukemia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, leukemia is, like, the multiplying of the white blood cells the way that, like, a tumor is multiplying of a different um, type of cell. Uh, They changed it to leukemia to sound fancier. It used to be in German, um, and now it's in Greek. So uh, (laughs) that's cool. Um, But, yeah, this is, like, even though the... Um, incidence is not that high of this particular kind of leukemia that this Dr. Sidney Farmer was studying. Um, it was super important because it was the only way at the time, this was actually before Sidney Farmer's time, uh, that you uh, you could measure it because you could take blood. And the way, like, you couldn't keep, like, surgically telling if your tumor was growing or shrinking, but you get, like, with leukemia, you could draw blood and see if your experiments were working, like, because you could measure the amount of cells that were in there. And that's critically oh thanks yeah Yeah, that's critically critically important for science like science starts with counting if you can't count it you can't do science yeah Uh, like do experiments and see if your experiments are working and not just like guess yeah um and this was huge because this was like a horrible horrible illness like kids would start to feel sick and be dead extremely quickly yeah and they're, <laughs> they're kids. It's horrible. Yeah, you so they they'd look like that and then be they'd be dead. It yeah. was horrible. Um so Sidney Farber is this dude. Here he is with his wife on microscope and he <laughs> <laughs> So he was like in a basement and he was like, "But what if we like started to I don't know, test shit on leukemia?" Yeah. So he started experimenting with antifolates which block folic acid which is vitamin B. Nine, nine. Okay. No, B12 is good. That's oh, the one okay, that you good, want. Good, good. Um, I take vitamin B12 <laughs> because my doctor left me a two and a half minute voicemail saying that I had to. Oh, good. So I do, and I feel the same. So he's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is like a completely incurable cancer. The, these kids are coming in like they're not droves, but like you know, because it was not that that uh, common of a cancer, but like one after the other, after the other a child comes in and you cannot cure them. Um, and there was the idea at the time that it was impossible to be cured. Yeah. And so he starts to do this and it leads to, in 1948, a remission in one child for a month 
which sounds like nothing but was huge. It was all of a sudden this thing that's incurable, maybe there's a route to curing it. Um, so it's like he basically started to invent chemo. Yeah. It was wild. So, like, something that you thought was a completely immovable, you, like, you see the, the needle, like, shiver. Um, and so then, you know, kind of uh, a group of psychotic doctors yeah. <laughs> fueled by insanity um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, like, a vicious hatred of childhood leukemia. Great thing to hate. Um, they start doing these wild experiments. Um, as children come in, they are trying, like, they are trying to invent chemotherapy here. And you guys know chemotherapy that sucks. But imagine experimenting with chemotherapy. So they are literally using any poison they can find, any like, like, um, clothing dye. They use mustard gas, like literally mustard gas, and it worked. And so they like, <laughs> so they're they're experimenting, and and you cannot like. Can you envision how crazy these people are? Like, these children are coming in. They're going to die. Uh, everybody in the scientific community is saying, like, please just let these children go home and die in peace, you fucking psychos. And they are instead poisoning them with several horrible poisons and seeing what happens. Yeah, and these, like, were, they're, like, trying different combinations, and it's making kids really nauseous, like, when my dad was in chemo, which, like, at which point they knew what chemo was, like they weren't experimenting, it was still like torture for him to even be in a car. So these kids that are flying in to Boston to get treated are like on a plane and like, it's insane. Like, yeah, yeah it's really bad. So people were furious. Yeah. But like, this is what cancer research was. Yeah. So like, it's like, okay, this one mustard gas poison didn't work. So let's try eight yeah. all at once. Yeah. It was horrible. And so, like, the insane thing about cancer is, like, the hero of the story is, like, dudes in a basement poisoning kids, which, like, only <laughs> happens on AMC. <laughs> but, like, that is, it's, like, not Joe Biden. It's, like, a dude in a basement. Uh, yeah, because guess what? It worked. Like, it worked. Yeah. Like, and uh, you know, trial after trial, child after child, it failed and failed and failed. And little, mm -hmm. like, steps by little steps by these insane people work. in a basement poisoning children, like, they they could say like this cancer is no longer considered absolutely fatal. Yeah. Like we can in some cases cure it. And so then here's another guy, Min Chuli, who like start he found a thing that was like a cancer tag or like it was something where he could tell if there was still cancer prevalent. It's like and a protein and yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he I don't know. Normally they were like treating cancer patients with chemo until their tumors weren't visible anymore. But he kept on giving his patients chemo, which, remember, is horrible um, to experience, until that cancer like tag was completely gone. Um, and people were furious with him. They were like, why are you continuing to poison these people that don't need to be poisoned until, like, for your own stupid reasons? And he was actually fired. But that's how chemo works now. Like, you have to keep on doing it even after your tumor isn't visible anymore because chemo kills, like, exponentially every time. And if you have even, like, one cancer cell that's still present, it, you could have a remission. So that kind of relates to the theme of our whole show, The Scientist Overall, which is that science is real, even though Donald Trump is president <laughs> and it's working. It's real. Yeah, and, like, human beings, yeah, human beings are crazy. We're insane. We are doing horrible things in order to like maybe save w like one kid or and that's even the most like heroic thing like scientists do crazy horrible things racist like psycho things 
awful. Human beings are as cruel as we have ever been, but also sometimes we cure childhood cancer and we like keep progressing forward. And like if some like little tiny bit of you can be inspired that even though we're all so terrible, we also cure cancer sometimes. Yeah. Maybe that can be good. <laughs> yeah, so uh, progress is real. Write to Scott Pruitt at the EPA and tell him. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so that's our uh, fourth story. Now we have our last comedian coming up. She's so great. She Lovely. is a producer at The Rundown on BET. Please give it up for Sachi Azura. Microphones. <laughs> this one? Okay. Hi! I'm Sachi. Um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I misunderstood the assignment, <laughs> but we're going to power through because I made a presentation. Um, and luckily, it seems on point right now, right? <laughs> Great. Do, do, do. Why am I an expert in cancer? Because I am a cancer, you guys! Uh, do we have any cancers in the house? Yeah, one? They're probably, all the rest of them are probably still celebrating their birthdays because we love attention. You guys, we're gonna learn so much about what I thought was a real science until this moment, uh, <laughs> astrology tonight. Cancer, June 22nd to July 22nd. Sign, the crab. Water sign, because that's where crabs live. Ruling planet, the moon. So some things you should know about cancers, um, they are like crabs, hard on the outside, soft in the middle. You know how when you order a crab, it's hard on the outside, and they give you a little hammer, and then you open it, and... I can tell you guys have listened to much harder information to process tonight than this, but I didn't know I was going last and that my information would all be not pertinent to the, the topic, so just be cool. Okay, and the ruling planet, the moon, this explains why cancers are very moody, right? We all know this. You didn't? How dare you? That was me being moody. Okay, so here's some cancer facts that I pulled off of a meme on Tumblr. <laughs> Servings per container, one, awesome zodiac sign. Now, I did do some research. I did fact check my presentation, and it does say that under each of the 12 zodiac signs. So that's not special to cancers, that it includes one awesome zodiac sign. But these things, you can see with a cancer, you're going to get so many of your daily nutrients, including rebellious, tell it like it is, sweetest if treated well, and dangerous when provoked, 1,000%. So do not fuck with me if you see me leaving the show. Some famous cancers, Tom Cruise. Anyone know what day he was born? It would be cool if he was born on the 4th of July, right? He was born on the 3rd of July. So, but you can tell, emotional, right? Couch jumping, excited about Katie Holmes, prone to mental instability, okay? Famous, right? Meryl! Ah! You 
you guys, Meryl is quintessential cancer. So emotional, so reactive, political, you know? Orange Juice Simpson, can you say moody, you guys? So dramatic, emotional, like kind of over the top, right? I, it's Selena Gomez or, or Demi Lovato, or maybe it's Ariana Grande. It's one of those, she's a cancer. What's wrong with being confident? That's the other one. Dabia. Emotional, right? His dad started a thing in Iraq and then he was like, mm, Iraq. Classic. This guy, he looks emotional, doesn't he? I'm told this is wrestler Brock Lesnar. But we're at Union Hall, so I assume you guys didn't know that either, right? Okay. Fluffy! Do you guys know Fluffy? We're at Union Hall again, so no. Okay. Uh, war criminal and rapist Julian Assange. Okay, let's skip past that one. Okay, most popular phrase. <laughs> I remember when. For example, I remember when the Access Hollywood tape came out and war criminal and rapist Julian Assange just happened to have a bunch of WikiLeaks Hillary emails that coincidentally all got dumped that day. Oh, you guys aren't gonna get on board with my great memory? Jesus. Okay. So this is a symbol for cancer. And now we can all get, I'm, I feel like I deserve a lot of sympathy because I am a cancer and when I was a kid what was really popular was cancer paraphernalia or astrological paraphernalia but I always wanted it and then it said cancer real big on whatever I wanted to buy and so then I was like well you know what they have these symbols so I looked into it and I found out the symbol for it and it's um 69s <laughs> and why because crabs love 69 uh okay this is I don't know how to make it play is it this Oh, she's doing it from backstage. Okay, this is crabs having sex. I mean. <sighs> We've all been in this situation with regards to sex, right? Is there some volume? Can we get some volume? Okay, well, it will tell you that I'm pretty sure that um, Brian McKnight's um, one, it's like a dream come true is playing behind this crab video that I did not make. Um, but you could see they're 69ing, right? Uh, listen, I did as much research as I could for this show and this is what I got. Okay, now I think that one of them got a pack of cigarettes in return for the sex and he's bringing it in his hole you know, classic post-coitus. Okay, that's the end of that video. Okay, what's next on here? How do I make it go forward? Oh yeah, okay. So my birthday is July 2nd, same as these people, okay? We got Dave Thomas from Wendy's. We got Larry David, we got Lindsay Lohan, and we have Thurgood Marshall, okay? I know you guys probably don't know that that's Thurgood Marshall because they have the Black Panther playing him in a movie right now and that guy does not look like that guy, but believe me, okay? So what do these people have in drama? First of all, sorry, what do these people have in common? First of all, they're hot, okay? Second of all, drama, right? It's like the chicken, the little annoyances of everyday life. 
she, I mean, you know. And then, does anyone know any of the Thurgood Marshall Supreme Court decisions? <laughs> I didn't look that up, but you gotta assume he's dramatic, right? I mean, they have a hammer. Okay. So dominant personality traits of a cancer, dramatic, we went over that. Empathetic, okay, they feel all the feels. Like right now, I'm feeling all your feels. That's hard for me. Okay, <laughs> sensitive, a water sign. We cry a lot because our bodies are made up of water. <laughs> Hard shell but soft inside. We went over that already. Soft shell crabs, I know that's what you were going to say. They're also kind of hard on the outside. They say soft shell crabs, but they're hardish. Okay, and we love attention. Okay, top 10 reasons you're a cancer. No, 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 don't look at that part. I didn't make this, okay, I know how you're and you're sick. Okay, we love to stay at home where our motto is moody blues, love good food, can't hide what you're thinking, get your feeling hurt easily, act like the mother hen, think you are always having fun, love to feed people, let me cry on your shoulder. And the number one reason you are a cancer is you were born under the sign of a crab. And then I wrote that. I wrote it me. Because it is. Okay, me, dramatic. Wait, sorry, hold on. Me, dramatic. I'll clean that up. Okay, so this is my favorite picture of me from when I was seven, and I was, like, just doing a whole thing, much to my parents' annoyance. And here's me at my wedding... My husband's family was not happy about this picture. <laughs> Me, empathetic. Okay, so the, you might think, what does this picture have to do with empathy? Um, so I played Frenchie in the high school production of Grease, and she is the most empathetic pink lady. <laughs> okay, right? Yeah, she's, like, she's great. Okay, so I will demonstrate to you guys. Um, Miss, what's your name? Okay, and Hannah, on the count of three, I'm going to say how you're feeling, okay? <laughs> Ready? You're going to say it too. Okay. One, two, three. Excited. Entertained. Oh! <laughs> Did you guys hear? We said the same thing. Okay. <laughs> Me, sensitive. I am quite sensitive. Um, so I thought I would share with you guys. First of all, this is a picture of me at age three sitting on Emo Phillips' lap. I was actually crying. They did not want me to cry. They just wanted me to look scared. But they could not get me to stop crying once prompted. Um, so I'm going to share with you guys something a little bit vulnerable right now. And this is some things that have made me cry. Okay, any other episode of The Simpsons where they're mean to Lisa? Uh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 1 and 2. Sex in the City 1 and 2. Kim Cattrall saying there will be no Sex in the City 3 and that the women of Sex in the City were never really friends. I ran for president of junior chorus in eighth grade and I lost and I had to be the secretary of junior chorus. Humiliating! Uh, and I entered a hat contest and a popular girl won cutest hat and I won funkiest hat. Okay, here's some more. My boyfriend yelled at me for forgetting to DVR Steve Carell's last episode of The Office. There's a lot of TV themes here, okay? I did not have a lot of friends. Series finales of Friends, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Six Feet Under, Gilmore Girls, The O.C., The Office, and Parks and Recreation. Anytime a black lady gives an acceptance speech at an award show, 
Uh, the Sixth Sense was spoiled for me by Z100's Elvis Duran, and <laughs> that was devastating. Uh, one time I slept through the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and when I woke up, I found out I had slept through it, and then my mom was like, I'm sorry, there's no YouTube yet. <laughs> um, and then I didn't get to see the band Together. Do you guys know the band Together? Okay, a couple of people. So a brief digression. <laughs> what is Together? Okay, Together is a fake 2000s band. And when I was 16, 15, my mom drove me four and a half hours to Saratoga Springs to see them open for Britney Spears. So they had a movie and then they had a TV show. And in between seasons one and season two of the TV show, one of the members died. This is true. So his name is Michael Cuccioni. He was my favorite one. His uh, character's name was Jason QT McKnight. And on the show, he died of bilary thrombosis. But in real life, he died of Hodgkin's lymphoma. <gasps> it's cancer! <laughs> you guys, I was prepared! <laughs> oh my God, what a fun surprise. Anyway, they did not perform that night. And instead, they had BB Mac. And so I cried. Okay, next. Okay, um, one time the kids at school, uh, I thought I was like Hermione from Harry Potter and I told them all that and they were like, you're not like Hermione, you're like Moaning Myrtle. <laughs> so I went and cried in the bathroom, which is what the character does. So I proved them right, but regardless, cancers, okay, so finally, this is the grand finale. Cancers hate self-important people. They'll be all like, bitch, please. I didn't make this, okay? This came from Tumblr. Somebody else put a lot of thought into this, so you guys need to treat it with the respect it deserves because it's so true. <laughs> so, in conclusion, bitch, please. Thank you. Keep it going for Sachi Ezra. Oh my God, I have never related more to cute girl gets cutest hat and I get funkiest hat. <laughs> Have I ever won an award that wasn't funkiest hat? <laughs> uh, answer is no. no. Once I won a math pin. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so our last story about cancer is mm. uh, the marketing of cancer. So we've talked a lot about like doctors doing research and stuff, but there's also a whole other wing which is philanthropists raising money to fund research and Etc. So, like, just knowing the truth isn't always enough. So, we're going to talk about tobacco and cancer. Um, before, we've been talking about the cure to cancer, and this is like the prevention. So, like, you can have cancer and try to cure it, or you can know that something causes cancer and then not get cancer by not interacting with it. Wouldn't that be great? And like philanthropy, uh, which is a hard word to say, plays a huge part in that. So, um, this is from a Harvard Business Review article. But like, <laughs> through like decades and decades of funding, like, made it clear that like tobacco is harmful to health which was hard to prove because like everyone smoked and so it's like how do you prove that this thing that everyone does causes this thing but they did they proved it eventually but then it's like how do you get people to stop smoking because um we live in a capitalist society did you forget <laughs> and Aaron Eckert's whole job is to like make people smoke cigarettes so like this is where like having money behind you comes in. So it was hard to get people just to smoke or to quit smoking because it's addictive. So it was people like tried to focus on tobacco control and also reframing smoking as an addiction because then you can like 
have the nicotine patch and like nicotine gum and stuff like that. And people had to like pour money into higher cigarette taxes and like uh, outline smoking in public places and outline uh, advertising smoking to kids and mass market advertising. And like that's stuff that doctors don't have anything to do with, but through these like efforts of people who aren't doctors, um, smoking fell 40 from 42% to 15% over the course of like 35 years. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of these do have to do with telling people like, oh, you're going to get cancer if you have this, but a lot of it is just like just tricking human beings into behaving better. And so it's just like, you know, we are always getting in our own way. Like you can tell, I mean, you can tell anyone that, you know, it's bad to smoke, but until you disallow all cigarettes from being sold on a college campus, like they're going to be smoking up a storm. So it's like you just can't tell somebody the truth and expect them uh, to do anything about it. Yeah, it's like you people for years were like, you have to wear your seatbelt. And I was like, the government can't tell me what to do. But then my grandma told me that one time her cousin was in a car accident where she was sitting in the passenger seat. And um, she got in a car accident. She wasn't wearing her seatbelt. And she went out the driver's window and was fine. But she kicked the driver in the face on the way out. And that's what stopped you? The kicking in the face? Yeah. And uh, now I wear my seatbelts. <laughs> we're in a huge fight because that's... Anyone who doesn't wear a seatbelt, I get very angry with. If you want to fight me later, that's fine. <laughs> My nickname is Safety Witch. Fuck you. Whatever. Let's go on. But, like, all right. So the theme of the whole show, I guess, is, like, none of this really helps you if you individually are a person who is struggling with cancer or who loves someone who is struggling with cancer. Yeah. those All those individual, like, children who we talked about in the, you know, sort of inspiring story about poisoning them in basements. Like, each one of those... <laughs> Each one of those children, like, it doesn't help those kids to say, like, well, we're getting better, like, in a grand, like, major scale. But if, like, is, yeah, yeah, and, like, none of these facts can really, like, uh, save you from the pain and suffering that you will no doubt go through in your life. I'm so sorry to break that <laughs> news to you. But as a whole, as a, like, major pattern, we are somehow, like, insanely getting better at this. Thank you guys so much for coming. Have a great Tuesday. We'll see you on in November yep, and sometime. sometime. And we love you. Good night. Good night. Distance 20 seconds to LOS Tedris. Nice to be in orbit. The Scientist is held monthly at Union Hall in Brooklyn, New York. Hosts were Blythe Robertson and Madeline Freed. Live sound and recording by Dave Polk. Produced and edited by Shannon Manning for Good Orbit.